Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Guidelines. We are jumping into episode number 18 of Guidelines. And as an on-ramp, uh, just to review, as you know, we have gone through a lot of conversations on business development and a lot of tools there. And we are now uh, talking about implementation. Presumably, and hopefully, you know, you've, you've had success in business development and secured some client relationships. And now you're in an implementation phase. And as I've talked about before, how you implement, how you actually execute on a relationship with a client is, is the greatest way to secure future work. I mean, that will take care of itself, but it all hinges on how well you implement the work that you do. And we are going to, I have a fairly extensive list of highly experienced giants in the queue that I'm going to introduce you to if you haven't met them already and learn from them and, and I'll have some conversations with them uh, around implementation, but also around business development and, and any other advice um, that they can pass on through lessons learned, what to do, what not to do. Really excited to get into that. And, and we'll be actually starting that this week. Got a bunch of inter interviews lined up. So excited to share those with you. And what I'm noticing is as I'm preparing for those interviews, I'm, I'm also discovering some things, some gaps, some things that I haven't passed on that I want to pass on now in terms of uh, being able to tee up these interviews and have them be as successful as possible. So with that, what I have slated for today is a, they're essentially the, like if you could picture a three-legged stool, these are the three legs on the stool that I consistently come back to that help me execute successfully with clients. They are, I'm going to go in order of, of importance actually, in terms of how I see these play out and I don't know if this is like a coincidence or not when we come up with alliteration yeah that's alliteration so all these begin with p is that a coincidence i don't know like it did help me to think about it and hopefully you'll be able to remember these and so we're going to go through the three p's of implementation with that uh the first one and, and like i said we're going to go in in order of importance in my mind and so the the third one is in my mind the most important. Um, the first one, the first P that we will talk about is planning, and um, that seems like it's pretty darn important, right? And it is. Just this morning, I was getting ready for my meetings tomorrow, and and this is my habit. You can everyone has a different way to do it, but um, you know, on Mondays I send out my Tuesday emails just to you know, remind people and tee them up, get them thinking about it. Some people do it differently. They'll, you know, when they're working with a client, they'll send out emails right after the meeting and just, you know, essentially put it on the client to, to have to remember what they covered. And so they'll go back and look at that, that email. That's totally fine. Like I, I think that there's a lot of benefits to that because it encourages the client to take ownership of that process and not have to constantly be reminding them. So I don't send up a follow-up right after meeting. What I do is I, I typically will send out one the day before just to, you know, just to get it top of mind. Honestly, it's probably more about the fact that I reach out than the actual content in the email. 
but just wanting them to all be on the same page going in. So it's, for me, it's about queuing up a mindset um, and, a, and a, a sense of expectation going into that meeting. So that's, that's, that's you know, super important. Most of you are probably already doing that, um, but over-communication is, is, um, is critical, especially if you are an introvert and you enjoy communicating with yourself but may not be quite as gifted at communicating with other people. Don't be afraid to over-communicate. So planning for me begins there. And then uh, what I would highly recommend if you don't have these pieces in place is documenting what you covered in your meeting. And again, do it while it's fresh. I will typically, if, if I can't sit in the same room and do my notes, I'll actually, I'll do it in the car if I get out to my vehicle and, and enter those into my, my notes uh, software. And the number of times that I just like, it's so helpful when then I go to actually sending out that email the following time to tee them up for the, the previous one. Um, I will then be able to just hit the ground running. And it's just that, that level of clarity and get yourself in this habit early on. If you only have like one or two clients, what a great time to develop these habits. It should just become second nature. You will find it more difficult and more important as you add clients. So if you go from two to three to five, now you're up to six or seven clients. Well, you're going to start confusing clients. You're going to start being able, it'll be tough to distinguish between now, who did we, what did I cover with that group? And what did we talk about? And so, I mean, this is like, this is pretty obvious, but we're talking about habits for successful implementation. And this is right at the core of them. So if you don't do that now, I would strongly recommend that you do it and do not trust your memory. Like don't trust your memory. And I will document the content we covered, but then I also like to include small, like things that happen. Like, uh, last week I was in this core group and we're going through the self-preservation questions Oh my gosh, I wish you, I wish like you all could have been there. It was and many of you have had this experience where you're just like what just happened? I mean for 90 for 70 of the 90 minutes, it was pretty like chill. It was like nothing significant really happened um that I could see. It was just like people talking and going through the tool and stuff. And then like in the last 15 20 minutes, all of a sudden these like this guy started sharing about how he's trying to prove that he's not his dad. Like that's what he's trying to prove to himself and to the people around him. And that that can really affect the way he shows up. And all of a sudden another, and he starts crying. And then this other guy's like, Oh my, I look over the cross the table. This other guy is starting to break up and I'm like, okay, clearly he's responding to something. And so then he starts talking about how he's doing the same thing. And then a third guy jumps in and before you know, I mean, this was just an incredibly heavy conversation where these three guys just absolutely went for it and took, took on the work and it was really powerful. And I raised that just because, um, I don't, I don't think I'll probably ever forget that. Um, but I want to make sure and just put in a quick reminder, like, oh yeah, I remember that was that last one where this happened so that. I can be aware of that going forward. And the other thing that's super important is, is in follow-ups to meetings, in your notes, any next actions. Like typically, you know, I will take on things in a meeting where it's like, okay, yeah. Oh, do you have that resource? You don't have that resource? Okay, I'm going to send it to you. And then in my organizational system, I will put a note 
as my, you know, in, in the middle of the meeting, I'll say, let me make a note of that. And then I'll put that in my notebook and then I'll enter that into my organizational system afterwards. Um, which if you don't have a plan, if you don't have an organizational system, planning is going to be pretty tough for you. I, I've alluded to it before, but I would like to do uh, an entire explanation of my productivity system. Uh, I know it's been helpful for some giants out there, but be happy to walk you through that. And you just have to have that. Otherwise, this is where the wheels are going to start coming off if you don't have something like that and in place. So we can talk more about that down the road, but that's that's planning first and foremost. Super, super important. Okay, um, so that's the first P. Now we have a one-legged stool. Those don't work very well. So let's go to two. And the second one is push. They don't hire us, our clients don't hire us to have things stay the same. Our job is to usher in change. Now, unfortunately, individuals and cultures alike, and you and I are no different, we align ourselves against change. (laughs) Like, as much as we don't want to think so, we are addicted to sameness and have a certain appetite for inertia that, um, that prevents change. And that's just who we are. And, and, you know, I think even those of us that, that pride ourselves on always wanting change, we love the sameness of changing all the time. And, and so change is what we bring to the organizations. They don't hire us to say the same, which means your job is to push. Your job is to be that person who is consistently bringing the kind of challenge that your clients need Uh, coupled with the appropriate measures of support. Uh, But imagine like, imagine hiring a strength coach or any kind of coach. I mean, what's their job? Their job is to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. And that requires change. And that requires you identifying vulnerabilities that are inhibiting them that are keeping them from from becoming the individual or the organization that they want to be and you see things that they don't see oh gosh if you could just appreciate that you have a set of lenses that that is completely different than what your clients see they don't see what you see and so when you see that vulnerability they don't see that necessarily. Don't assume that they see it. Or if they see it, they may not see the magnitude of it. And that I can't tell you the number of times where I'll be in a conversation or in a meeting, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, where someone says something and inside you're reacting to it like, oh my gosh, like that, someone just said something of substantial like meaning and import but no one else seems to pick up on it, like, or, or at least give it the kind of weight that it should have. Well, that's your job. Like, like that's your job to raise the level of concern and, and interest and focus on those issues. Same with opportunities. You're going to identify opportunities and, and perhaps points of celebrations happened to me last week. Whereas like, does that, does anybody just see what happened? Like that was unbelievable. <laughs> that was incredible. And no one saw it. So I I unpacked it for them and eventually they're like, okay, so this is, this is it. You have to, you're walking in the room with this new set of lenses and you need to be the one that's bringing energy to that. Now, how we bring energy to that is critical, super important. This is knowing yourself and then knowing the, the client that you're leading and what, how they'll respond to things. 
I, I cal- recalibrate and calibrate my push depending on that leader, depending on that culture. Like I put a ton of thought into it, a ton of strategy, a ton of internal processing into how I'm going to bring that push. So factor that in. Factor in what, what are the voice orders in the room? What is the level of maturity in the room? What's the What story has brought them to the point of where they're at uh, in order to bring effective push? But but please bring the push. I mean, that's that's the thing. They're asking you to be there for that reason. Now, how you bring that is going to be different depending on your voice order. Um, how you do it is going to be different than how I do it. But if you look down the line, and you'll, you'll hear this in the people that I'm bringing onto the podcast, there is this this sense of dissatisfaction that's like insatiable and there's a sense of dissatisfaction with themselves and it's healthy they know they they can get better they want to get better but there's also a dissatisfaction with their clients like they can see where their clients can be and they're calling them up to that to that level and that takes a special set of lenses to be able to see that um but i would encourage you to to develop that sense of dissatisfaction if you haven't already. And, and that's your job. I mean, you may work with a client for, I mean, some of the clients I've worked, I'm on year three with them. And they, as much as they've grown, I'm still constantly trying to kindle my own dissatisfaction with their performance as well as trying to get them fired up about how much better they can be. Even though, um, I had a group, uh, last week that their invincibility score came back at like 94%, which is the highest I've seen in a long time. And yet what does every elite athlete do? They're always looking at how they can improve. So that's your job. Find those opportunities and push, but do it wisely, do it with restraint do it strategically. Again, you're hearing, hear me say push, but please hear me say discretion and discipline when it comes to that. How you actually implement that, how you go about pushing is going to be different for everyone. Um, and like I've got a Piner connector that I work with just as an example. And it takes a lot high level of subtlety and because he brings so much energy to it that if I, if I come, come at him too strong, it can create resistance. And so I've, I've developed with him a way of, of pushing that is more kind of coming through the back door and, and is much more subtle. And it takes time, interestingly, to actually push him in the direction that he needs to go and it takes him a while to, to finally sort of arrive at these different things. Whereas um, I'm thinking of another person that I met with last week where it's just he and I get in the ring and here we go, ring the bell and let's go. And I can push him as hard as, as I want and he will respond. Um, so very, very different approaches. So, that you know, that just think about that for yourself. Calibrate it for yourself. But uh, super important to push. So we've got plan and we've got push and I'm going to give you a third one and it is by far the most important and probably the one we talk about the least and that is presence and your presence when you are with people is the most important element of your work with individuals, groups, and companies, how you actually show up 
And what I mean by that is you and I can tell, I just want you to think about this. Think about someone that you've been with for, you know, maybe a lunch with somebody or coffee or something. Were they present? Could you tell? Were they present? Like, were they with you? Were they with themselves is, is actually a more important question. Because someone can, can, can appear to be with you. Maybe they're not looking at their phone all the time. But you get the sense that they're not entirely present with themselves. And there are, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything more important that we bring to our work than being present with ourselves. If we're not present with ourselves, we really can't be present with other people. And so my challenge to you is, is to think about how present are you with yourself? And, and that will dictate then the kind of presence that you bring to the people that you work with. And those are hard yards. I mean, we always talk, we talk about know yourself to lead yourself, but we don't talk about like know part of yourself to lead part of yourself. It's know all of yourself to lead all of yourself. And and some of those parts of ourselves are easier to lead than others. Like, hey, I'm going to let someone else talk instead of me, <laughs> which I mean might be really hard for some of you. But um, and there's nothing. I'm not speaking down on that. That's really important. Uh, however, that that can be more trivial or uh, simpler or, or or more actionable than than some of the more difficult things um, that we may have to explore when we really want to know all of ourselves. And, but that will show up in our presence, um, 100%. With that, um, I would just encourage you to, there's a, a, like one of the best leadership books I've ever read, uh, is, is called the failure of nerve by Edwin, uh, Friedman. And I recommend it with a handful of asterisks after that recommendation. Uh, I don't, it was written posthumously after he died on his his family and, and some others put it together. It's phenomenal. I mean, the content is phenomenal. It was really, oh God, now I'm sounding really judgmental. The structure of it makes it difficult to get through for a lot of people. It, it doesn't necessarily flow very well. So I say that just as a caveat, um, that, that there's so much good content that I've had a number of people say is just lost on them because of, of how it's written. However, there is a fantastic article that summarizes it um, on the blog, The Art of Manliness, which is a, a fantastic blog, uh, and it's it's called The Self-Differentiated Leader, so that's easy to find. In fact, we can put that in the show notes. But what what Friedman is after is he's, he's talking about the necessity of you and I differentiating ourselves uh, as, as unique individual selves apart from other people that we know truly all of ourselves, uh, what makes us tick. And a lot of that differentiation, as I alluded to earlier, takes us into some difficult places. So depending on your narrative, depending on the kind of family of origin, the culture, the different events that you've experienced in your past, those, those things can make differentiation pretty tough. And what that sets us up for is, is to walk into situations personally and professionally, and we lack differentiation uh, which puts us in a highly reactive state and, uh, makes it difficult to effectively lead. In fact, what it, what it does is it creates anxiety is what Friedman would say that there's a direct 
correlation between differentiation and our ability to decrease anxiety. Like you can think of it like, um, uh, a sponge, like a, a differentiated person has this way of absorbing, uh, anxiety in their, in their culture, in themselves and the people around them in the same way, uh, you know, that a dry sponge absorbs water. That's, that's the power of differentiation. And when we truly know ourselves and we can stand apart as ourselves, uh, then, then that, that sets us up to, to bring presence to the people that we are with in an extraordinarily powerful way. Uh, and like I said, these are, these are hard yards. These are, this is not an easy path, but if I was to coach a giant uh, on how to do giant, it's, it's, of course you get into some of the tactical things on how to, how to set up a core group or, you know, how to lead the tool discussion or, or whatever it is. Those are, those are important things. And, and certainly, you know, things I've talked about on this episode, planning is, is super important, taking notes, being conscientious of that. Um, that's, that's all really important and pushing is important. Like bringing that effective challenge and support is critical, but in the end, it's how you show up. And for me, I put a tremendous amount of, of effort into, into that, uh, starting from like the moment I wake up to try to put myself into that mindset. And I'm doing that for myself because that's the kind of person that I want to be. I want to show up as myself. Um, I do that for my wife, for my kids, and then ultimately, hopefully for my clients. But, um, like it's, it's a, I don't know. It reminds me of (laughs) Teen Wolf. Have you ever seen that movie? Like, isn't that the movie where he, like his hair starts growing? Like he goes from being like, uh, the teenager to becoming the actual wolf. Oh my gosh, what a terrible, terrible reference. But like that, like it's great. Like I can get up and, and everything seems great in the morning and, and everything's, you know, but then as the day goes on and you, you know, to quote the great Mike Tyson, you get punched in the mouth, all those plans go out and you start reacting to different things as they come at you that are uh, unexpected um, and some of them that are expected. So it's kind of like having to shave as you and cut your hair as it's like constantly growing. That's where the metaphor came in. Some of you were like, where is he going with the Teen Wolf reference? But it's literally like you're having to cut your hair throughout the day and shave and <laughs> do all these things um, in order to show up to be the person that you want to be. So whether that's like I'll sit in, in the car when I get someplace and always try to get there early, please, please, please. Like, you know, if you're on time, you're late. And I want to budget time to just check in with myself so that I can walk in to a meeting with an individual or team or presentation, whatever it is. And it's like 100% Andrew, like that's how I want to walk in. And sometimes I fail. Sometimes I absolutely blow it and I get done. It's like, man, I did not fully do all the yard work I needed to do to get, get myself ready for that one. Um, but, but the effort, the dedication, we, we, we can't, we can't not do that because that's really what we're trying to model for, for the people we work with, right? That's what we want for them. So oh, hopefully that's helpful. Those are, those are three. Now we've got a three-legged stool that sucker's going to, you know, not fall over at least very easily. Um, but want to just encourage you to, you know, if you, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling disoriented with a client, just look at, think about it you know, are, are you planning? Are you really, really doing the work? Right. I'm, I'm, you know, some of you, and you know who you are, are, um, 
are maybe not the best planners or, or as disciplined as you want to be or have that habit of taking notes and reviewing notes and sending out emails and communicating effectively. Um, push. Like some of you struggle to push and you know who you are and and bringing that healthy push. And some of you are like, no, I'm happy to push. And you actually are, are a little, you know, you, you don't calibrate and, and exercise that discretion and discipline when you push. So there, there's the challenge for you on, on how you actually go about doing that. Um, but all of us, every single one of us need, can, can, and, and should be working on presence and how we show up because in the end that, that is the, the thing that people will honestly remember. That is what impacts people. You could forget the tools. You could, I mean, honestly, you could forget so much else. You could absolutely botch every other aspect, but like if you show up and you are like 100% present, people will pick up on it. And there's interesting, you know, studies out there and research on, on how we pick up on that, how we actually scan for micro expressions and countenance and things like that, that we, um, that we're able to detect if someone's present or not. I don't know about like energy fields and all that stuff. Um, you'd think I would, right? Cause I'm in the Northwest, but, um, you know, I don't know how that works. Bottom line is, you and I know when someone's fully present with themselves and when they're when they're not. So, uh, okay. So hopefully that's helpful. And like I said, we've got a pretty deep bench in terms of who's coming into these conversations in the future. Can't wait to get started. And you know, like always, I like to finish just to remind you, like this, you are client number one, and how you invest in yourself it will show up in how you invest in other people. And I can't encourage you enough. Um, to do one thing today, one thing, that's it. That's it. What's, what's the one thing to invest in yourself, to connect with yourself, to care about yourself and set yourself up to really be able to, to build other people up out of that surplus within yourself. Okay. So thanks again for tuning into guidelines. Look forward to, uh, connecting with you all later. Take care.